And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we bring people who have social proof, meaning people who are like really building something and you can see it. And other people know like, yo, I, she helped me or that person helped me. So uh, welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. We have more social proof here today. Uh, I called, I saw your name and I called you like Maya Licious. And I, I think I didn't read it, right? right. But uh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Maya. It's, it's Maya Elias. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Am I the first person that did that though? No, I can't that's be. why my name on Instagram says Maya Elias and in parentheses it says not Maya Licious because yeah. everybody does it. All right, well, Maya Elias, welcome to the podcast. Thank okay. you. So for those that don't know, uh, just kind of share who it is that you are, like why you're on this podcast. Yes. I'm actually on this podcast because we met at BYOB and mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you should know, you should know me. Yo, that was, yeah, that was a conversation. <laughs> I don't even think you said hello. He was like, yo, you should know me. I was like, okay. You should know me because I'm my Elias. I'm a personal branding strategist and, you know, we're in like the same circles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I primarily do is I work with entrepreneurs who have like a skill set or an expertise and they want to position themselves as an expert and they want to package up their message into content that they can sell. Mm. So what if you're not an expert? How do you help somebody that's not an expert? Right. So to work with me, you have to come to the table as an expert because I'm helping people sell high end stuff. So I need to know that you can get people results. But some people are kind of like nervous to call themselves experts. So most people do have some type of skill set or expertise. So it's really just testing that. Have you ever gotten yourself results? Have you ever gotten friends or family results? Mm. So I think the term expertise kind of scares people. Mm. But it's like, hey, if you can get people results, then we can package this up. I got it. So so what do you call results necessarily? Like, so... (laughs) There are speakers and they're like, yo, all my friends come to me for advice and I help them all. Right. Yeah. For me, like, that results. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> no, measuring results is like it has to be consistent. Like, do you really know what they're getting? Like, what is the value in what mm-hmm. they're getting? So one thing I tell people to look at, like with testimonials and results, like, is it consistent, though? Like, mm. it can't be like my mom came to me and I helped her start her website and somebody else came to me and I helped them sell t-shirts and somebody else came to me and, and did whatever. So it's like, you want to be consistent with the results that you're yeah. getting too. Gotcha. Gotcha. So give me an example. Give me an example. Give me an example of one of your clients who was like, like borderline expert. You're like, I'm not sure if this is like full fledged expert, but you right. coached them and turn them into right. this guru. Yeah. Well, so my thing, I don't coach people. More. Okay. Yeah. I don't coach people into becoming experts. That's like the one thing that I say, like if you are still not an expert. I cannot make you an expert, you know? Mm. So that's why, like, when I do sales calls, it's really just to determine, are you an actual expert? So when I get on the call with people that, you know, that want to work with me, I'm like, tell me a little bit of your story. I want to know your experience with this thing you're trying to package and sell. Do you really have experience or did you just take a course and now you're trying to regurgitate this information? Um, And then I also ask them, again, like, who have you helped? You know, who have you worked with? How long have you been in this industry? So instead of getting clients and being like, oh, snap, they're not really an expert. Mm. I'm like, before you even give me money, let's just make sure that, you know, you're talking about. So I kind of 
you know, pre-qualify people before I take them on. Gotcha, gotcha. And what were you an expert in? What was the first thing you sold that you just started to call yourself an expert in? Yeah, I think I started to recognize my expertise um, when I realized that, like, doing web and graphic design was helping people grow their brand and, mm. like, gain more visibility. So when I started in this industry, you know, doing MySpace pages and club flyers and all right. that stuff, I didn't think of myself as an expert. I thought of myself as a graphic designer that people right. paid, you know, money to do design work. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I started seeing, like, okay, I'm, like, really putting people on. Like, people yeah. look cooler because I'm putting their face <laughs> on a flyer or I'm putting their face on a website. Right. So I'm like, oh, so this is what branding is. And I think I was maybe, like, 22 when I started working for a healthcare management company. I was, like, a marketing intern and design mm -hmm. intern. And I really started to understand branding then. I'm like, so this is what branding is. So working under that large company kind of helped me see the value of what I was doing. Gotcha. And I think a lot of people kind of, um, they undervalue their positions in their nine to five. They're like, I don't want to be here. I want to quit my job. I want to mm -hmm. work for myself full time. And I'm like, you have um, a lot of opportunity to learn under for these sure. companies and see what your value is. And your nine to five, if you're working in the same industry that you want to do for your business, like your nine to five is technically your first client. Like build a relationship oh, sure. there, pay attention to the results that you're getting for this company. And that's your first case study to put yourself out there as an expert. I love it. I do uh, like staff training, especially like in the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. And my first point is to get more from your job than a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I used to mm -hmm. just get a paycheck from work. I take the money, right. then I go home. Right. Then I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, am I just working to make money and, you know, just to pay bills? Because I like my bills are getting paid. Light bill, cable bill, all my right. bills are getting paid. I just wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, yes. I'm just the person right. that yeah. takes the money and pays everybody <laughs> right. else. Yeah, exactly. And I get nothing at the end <laughs> of the day. You're literally the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I started feeling better because I got a chance to work on my presentation skills, mm -hmm. serving people. I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, so right. most people say, well, that's a dead-end job. But I get a chance to present mm -hmm. over and over and over yes, and yes. sell people extra drinks and sell yeah, people yeah. dessert and things of that that's nature. Good. So get more from your job than a paycheck, right, which brings right. me back. What was, what was your, your very first start? I'm talking about take me from – did you go to college? I did. I did what what school did you go to? I went to first um, Central Piedmont Community College in Charlotte, and then I went to UNC Charlotte. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. take me back, high school, before college, <laughs> high school. Oh, Were high school. you this hustler, this entrepreneur back then? I actually kind of was a hustler. I, I remember senior year, I was doing people's senior projects for like $200 or something. Really? Yeah, and I, I just liked it. It was creative to me because it was like the senior project, it was like telling a story and packaging it up and, you know, in a binder and all of that stuff. So I think I've always liked packaging things up for people and charging money for it. Really? Tell me, do you remember like the first one, like where this idea came like, yo, you know what, I'm going to do senior projects. Right. I think the idea really came because, like, somebody was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, but it's so easy. And they're like, just, will you do mine for me? And I'm like, yeah, just give me $100, you know, right, just, right. <laughs> just, you know, BS bargaining or whatever. But I think that's also, like, kind of how my beginnings came with entrepreneurship, like, people offering money after I say I can do something. Because, like, my real, real start into entrepreneurship was when somebody was like, do you know how to do, you know, custom MySpace pages? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do it all the time. And they're like, okay, I'll give you $50. And I'm like, this is so cool. People yeah. are going to pay me money to do things that I like. So 
I never like sought out to be an entrepreneur. It was like I was doing something fun and somebody offered me money. And I think sometimes just having that one person like believe in you and be yeah. like, let me give you money. You're like, wow, this is so amazing. Mm. You know, sometimes I try to do that now. Like, I don't know if like anybody watching is, um, follows me on Twitter or has ever seen me like give out money on Twitter. But sometimes I just do that. Like, what are you guys selling? Like, let me just buy it. Because I think sometimes just having a stranger believe in you, not a friend, not a family member, and you feel like they're paying you out of pity, but just somebody to be like, I want to buy whatever you're selling. Sometimes like that's just that. like a spark to be like, yo, I can really do this. I like that. I'm going to do that today. Do it. Thank yeah. you. I'm still in that. Okay. Well, y'all see it <laughs> and I buy something from you. Just thank Maya. Okay. That's genius. Where do you get, where do you get your creativity from? Like that's like that's such a good who would think of that? Like <laughs> where do you get that from? Because obviously you do want to help the community, but there's a strategy to that though. Man, I think sometimes I don't recognize the strategy until after like I start off things from a genuine place and then I yeah. kind of see like, oh, there's a benefit to this. So it's like just having a desire to want to do something and then you know, like, it's like when you put out good energy, good stuff comes back and you're like, okay, so there is a strategy to this. But I never thought, like, let me go on Twitter and give people money as a strategy. Right. You don't think of that as I a strategy. I instantly thought strategy. When you said I was like, ooh, that would be good. <laughs> no, not a strategy. No. Okay, so, so college. Where was the bag in college? Where are you getting the bag in college? The bag in college was... And here's the thing, because it's like, you know how you were saying um, with the job, it's like, you know, getting paid more than the paycheck. Like with college, you know, I was making money. I was doing club flyers. I was doing um, event photography. And so, yeah, I was making money and I didn't need that much money in college. Like my dad still paid my bills. I didn't have a lot of bills. The value to me was that I got to be in under 21 clubs before I was 21. <laughs> so it was like, I got the bag, but I got like the popularity. Right. Oh, you're super cool. <laughs> Yeah, I was wow. feeling super cool. My friends would get in the club for free. So it was like, that was what was really fun for me. So it was like the consistency came from doing the club flyers. I was doing um, a lot of like event photography and club flyers for one of the most popular um, promoters in Charlotte, Sportyoti. So I was doing a lot of, you know, his stuff because my friend at the time was dating him. So I'm like, this is perfect. Right. <laughs> Every week he's paying me for a flyer. This right. is great. So I love it. I love it. So yeah. that evolved. You did that all throughout college? So I did that almost pretty much all throughout college, and then it, it eventually shifted. So really where the shift was is because I was doing custom MySpace pages, I thought to myself, if I can design a custom MySpace page, I can design websites. Yeah. So I started telling people I'm a web designer. I had never designed a website ever, but somebody paid me <laughs> for a website, and I'm like, okay, now that I have this deposit for the website, let me all go right. figure this out. So I went on YouTube and Googled how to you know, make a website. Mm. And that kind of was like my transition into like, okay, now I'm a web designer. I'm right, not just right. a club flyer <laughs> designer. I'm a web designer. So a lot of what I learned was through YouTube and yeah. Google. I would go on YouTube, how to do stuff in Flash. Flash was big back mm. then in 2008 yep. and how to like use um, Adobe Illustrator, Adobe Photoshop. And I just YouTube my way to money. That's crazy. So, and that was like kind of a step into higher ticket, right? Because instead mm -hmm. of, I don't know what are you charging for flyers, but I can imagine doing a whole website is just a bigger offer. It was different, yeah. Because I was charging $60 for flyers. And then my first website, I got paid $300. And I'm Ooh. like, when I look at, what? I thought I was something right. though. I thought it was the most money I had ever made. Right. I'm like, As a college yes. student, you're rich. 
Oh yeah, it's like three hundred dollars. <laughs> like I got money, okay. Wow. Um, but then I got better at web design. I was I was customizing the websites from scratch. So it was like, oh, it was it was really choppy putting it together. Then I learned about WordPress. I'm like, oh, there's like a framework for this. Right, right. Um, but I think what what really made the shift into like more higher ticket or or higher end at least was I took this course called Double Your Freelancing Rate and. Um, the guy, Brennan Dunn, who created the course, he was teaching freelancers how to price based on value instead of pricing based off of time, which is what a lot of freelancers do. They want to price based on time or they want to price based on talent or they want to price based on their, their equipment. Mm-hmm. All that stuff has nothing to do with, um, with the client because it's like it doesn't matter how much time it takes. It doesn't matter your equipment. That's your job. This is your business. You know, those mm. are your expenses to care about. What the client wants to pay for is what does your time, talent, and resources do for me? What's the result that I'm getting because you decided to make these investments in your own business? So one way that he explained it was like instead of charging for like a contact form and an about page, it's like how is this client making money because there is a contact form? Like are customers coming through their website on average? How much are they making per customer? Mm -hmm. If they did not have their website up, how much money would they be losing? So it's like you want to almost price based on value and based on how much they're missing out on because they don't have the product or service that you're selling. Wow. Price based on value, not the time. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you transition out of pricing off of time? Like, what is the what is the the process of going from? Okay, it takes me X amount of dollars. Just as a college student, or you know, even mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, it takes me X amount of time to do this. I'm start charging this, and then let me triple my price simply because I know customers are making money. What's that process like? Yeah, that's a great question. So it was really positioning. So like, expert positioning is something I love, like helping people do. Like when I'm pricing based off time, I'm just like hustling like, oh, uh, $500 websites, you know, you can get one, hit me up, blah, 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 blah. And then the difference was now I'm qualifying clients because I need to make sure I'm getting clients that see the value in paying Mm -hmm. money for this. So instead of now um, taking on clients that, you know, are like, I want a four page website and this is what I wanted to do. I'm I'm now trying to attract clients that are like I have a nonprofit or I I know I want to sell a program or I know that I want to make money through my website. Yeah. So the process was qualifying the client, which basically is just having them fill out a form like what is your business, what's your vision, how soon do you want to start the mm-hmm. project, things that I didn't do before. And then once I get that information, I design a proposal that is saying everything back to them that they told me. Mm. So I'm selling them through that, like, okay, based on what you told me, the results that you're looking for after this project is you're hoping to launch and get 10 new clients, or you're hoping to launch so you can have a platform to sell your T-shirts or sell your tote bags or whatever Mm. it is. So I would design proposals that were in alignment with with what they were saying they already wanted. Mm, Gotcha, gotcha. And the clients that you work with, Especially the ones who are used to, like, because I was used to the $25 T-shirt, $20 book. And mm-hmm. to make $1,000, <laughs> it takes forever. It to make ten grand, it's like, how <laughs> many shirts? Thousand, oh, yeah. my gosh, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So I, I think the biggest thing is people are spending that type of money or investing that type of money. But mm-hmm. the struggle is that internal belief, right? right? So right. how do you coach your clients through making that? Because my first time, I'm like... All right, uh, I'm going to charge 5000 Put it on mute. I'm like, <laughs> let's see what they say. If my heart's racing, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just asked for $5,000. Right, so right. How, do, how do you coach your clients through that? Yeah, so one thing I also did was 
then I transitioned from, you know, people that just wanted to sell little $10 things here and there. Because I'm like, you're not going to do it. It's just, yeah. it's just not. Yeah. It's going to take you a while, especially if you don't know how to run ads. I don't teach ads. I teach organic growth. So it's like, if you want to make $10,000 on a $25 product, I'm just not the person yeah. for you. So then I started targeting coaches and people that just had higher end services. So it's like, you need to at least be selling something for 500 right? Mm. So I helped people through that. So part of what I do is, one, how people... Um, create offers that are more high end, at least five hundred dollars to even like five thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? And then, then I feel like I can justify it more. Like, oh, you only need you know three people to sign up, and and you get your investment back right, already. Right. And then even when I first started doing high end, and high end for me was charging two thousand dollars for like a website or like a branding package, mm-hmm. right? When I used to do it back then, I didn't sell on the phone because I didn't feel confident selling on the phone. So it was like, you get this email proposal and you got 72 uh, hours to respond back to me. So fortunately, I didn't have to be like, uh, 2000 and then like, see what they say. See, but my anxiety goes crazy. When I send the email, it's like, okay, they didn't reply. It's been about six minutes. Uh, they're saying it's too much. <laughs> my anxiety just goes right, through the roof. I can't right, wait for that. Right. So another thing that I did when I used to do proposals was I would give them three options. So it wasn't really a yes or no. It was like, which yes do you want to give me? Mm. So it'd be like, okay, we got the $1,500 package. We got the $2,000 package. We got the $2,500. Which one best fits your budget? So it was like, most of the time I would be getting a yes Mm. because I gave them options to, you know. Oh, so it's not a would you like to do it. It's like, which one would you like to do it? Exactly. I see. I see. So what, what do you think your client? So, so back to that belief, right? How do, you, how do you coach them through that? Because that's the biggest problem, right? They might be amazing at what they do. It's mm-hmm. just getting them to believe that they're worth $5,000. Right, right. Yeah. So one of the main things that I have them do is like list out all of their accomplishments. Like what have you done over the last how many ever years? How long have you been in this industry? Because a lot of people devalue like all of their experiences. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of the things that we are selling come naturally to us, mm-hmm. we feel like this is so easy. Why would anybody charge us for it? Yeah. And it's like, well, people would charge you because they can't do it. Like yeah. they really can't. So I have them think about like all of the things that they've done, that they've accomplished. And then they're like, wow, I really have done a lot. Then they start feeling themselves right, a little right, bit. Right, like, right. Hold up. They're like, first of all, my um, 5,000 actually don't even seem like enough. Right. What was really funny is one of my clients that came to me, I helped her launch a program. I think when we launched it, it was like around eight, nine hundred dollars. And, you know, she did six figures her first year and it was excellent. She came back to me this year and she's like, I can't believe you let me sell that for nine hundred. I'm like, excuse me. So now she's selling it for twenty five hundred and she's still selling out. She's doing really well. She's now she's done two hundred thousand dollars this year. So Mm. it's like getting people to believe in, you know, whatever price point. And sometimes you know, I stretch them, but I don't have them go to a price point that they're uncomfortable with selling because they're not going to convert if they're yeah. nervous. So it's like, what's like, you know, an easy price point that we can get comfortable at? Because that client that came to me and said that, if I would have told her 2500 during that first year, she wouldn't have sold at right, that because right. she wouldn't have believed in it. So it's like, let's get you to a number you can at least believe in. Mm-hmm. And then once you see the results that you're getting for, you know, at that price point, right. people are paying you, you're getting results, then you, then you start feeling yourself a little bit more. Absolutely. So I think it's really just about seeing like, what have I done? Okay. Now that I know what I've done, I'll price at this point. And then it's like, wow, people are paying me and they're getting results. Let me yeah. increase this a little bit more. Yeah. Good. Good. So what, what, what is like the median range that your clients that you kind of suggest they start out at? Um, it really just depends what they're selling. If it's like a course or it's a program, it depends how we're packaging it. But yeah. 
I don't want anybody selling anything lower than 500 because I'm like, well, you know, what's the point? And then um, usually like at like 1500, I'm like, what what can we package for $1,500? That's like a good sweet spot. And then going up from there, just depending on their expertise, um, their proof, you know, Mm. social proof that that's really important. Like, can people say that you got them results? Because it's one thing for you to say like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at what I do. It's another thing for 10 people to say that. True, true. This podcast is sponsored by DonaldTheVoice.com. For all your audio and video needs, I'm here for you. Sound good. Look good. Be good. The official editor and producer of the Social Proof Podcast, Donald The Voice. And, and now, back to the show. But at what, to- what, what point do you get, like, diminishing returns? For instance, I'm charging $1,500, but you put so much in it, you're working with the client for four months for $1,500. Oh, uh, no, we're not doing that. No, that's not what we're not doing. Now, we're figuring out what's, what's the most they can get for $1,500. Right, right, right. So <laughs> we figure out what that looks like. Um, you know, I might have them do like a six week program for mm-hmm. 1500 and then I'll have them do it in a group format. So it's not one-on-one. So it's like, let's charge 1500, but then let's also decide how many people we want paying, um, at that price point And then how long we want to work with this group of people. Gotcha. Give me an example of like a specific program that you're really proud of. Maybe not yours, maybe a client of yours, um, from take me from start to like where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. Let me think of a, a program. So I'll reference, you know, the client that uh, started, I think we did 897 when she first started it. And then we had different tiers again, because it was like, instead of the yes or no, let's do the yes or yes. Walk me through the process. First call, they hit you, Maya, I need help. Yeah. I'm broke. Yeah. <laughs> so I maybe she didn't say that, but. She didn't say was, that. Cause it might have like, been close. Right. I can't, I can't work with people from a place of desperation. I say you have to come to me determined, but you can't come to me desperate. Because working from a place of desperation, you start doing desperate things. Mm. So she, she, was, she was determined because this was her last year um, in her position, and she didn't want to work with this company anymore. And she's like, yo, I got to make money because my husband's going to make me get a job. Yeah. She's like, you can't just be out here, you know, just right, you know, right. wishing and hoping with these bills. So she was like, this is what I want to do. So she came to me. She showed me her different offers and she had honestly done, you know, pretty well. When she came to me, her highest month was was nine thousand. So that was like in her her, company or mm -hmm, a business her in her in her business. Oh, so she was already an entrepreneur. So she yeah, she was already selling. She was doing publishing. But so Mm -hmm. she was trading her time for hours. Gotcha. Gotcha. She was trading her time for hours. And, you know, now we've we scaled back from that. And it's like, how can we get you paid more and working less, Mm -hmm. which is which is really important to me. So she came to me and, you know, she was charging for publishing. I'm like, let's um, let's put together this course, this program. She had the idea of it. And I'm like, let's price it at this point, And this is how you're you're going to sell it. So we agreed on the price point. And I think really she needed help with the positioning because it's easy to charge a higher price point when you're doing the work for people. It, it feels harder to justify it when people are paying you and they're doing the work. Right, still. right, right, right. It's consulting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So really, um, I think like the, the hardest part for her to conceptualize was like, okay, can I charge this much? And I'm not doing the work for them because she came from the background of doing the work. You know, same with me. Like I went from, I'm going to just build out your website and, you know, put in your emails and all that stuff to know you go ahead and do this. Gotcha. So just um, having that mindset, that mindset shift. But I will say, like, going from done for you to done with you, my clients actually got better results because the more you hold their hand, the more they're going to rely on you. For sure. For so sure. they don't have the opportunity to, like, really fully learn. 
So what was the 890? You said she started with 899. Uh, yeah. So what eight, was in that? Yeah. So it was an eight week program, um, an eight week program telling you how to um, uh, write and publish your first book. Mm -hmm. And then it also came with a live event component. Um, it was like a one day thing, like where they could like work with her. So then gotcha. we like then we went up in price, I think maybe. I don't know, maybe like five months later, I think maybe we went up to like 1500 and then For the same program. The same exact offer. But now you got the social proof. Like now saying, yo, I helped this, 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 this. Yes. And now you're basing, okay, I'm learning. Yep. So now you're basing your pricing off of results. results. And yes. Not, wow. Yeah, not just the perceived value of like, mm. I can get you to write your book. It's like, no, here's who all wrote their book. So she launched it again, same price point, just um, t more testimonials this time, mm -hmm. social proof, so important. So she, she sold out of it again. So we're always just, for me, the way that I price, I'm just like, Yo, I'm going to just keep increasing my prices so people say, yo, I'm not paying. <laughs> and it's not going to ever happen. There's always going to be one crazy person that's going to pay me. And I'm like, right. if one person pays me more, people will pay me. That's always how I've done my pricing. Yeah. Like, you know, even starting with MySpace, I'm like, if one person is going to pay me this $50, I can get more. Oh, then for like, sure. increases. Y'all going to pay me 75 Okay, one person paid wow. me 75 Let's keep it going. So. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> so so in, in the 899 course, it was like, it was just like the modules and... Maybe like templates or something like that? Yep, so um, modules and just walking you through how to do it. Um, I just actually joined her program, so I'm seeing what's in it for the mm. first time. So, you know, I make sure like when they create their course, it's like it's easy to digest because I think the mistake that people make when they do start selling digital products and when they do start selling courses is it's information overload and people can't get through it. Right. Most people don't finish courses because they lose focus and it becomes way too overwhelming. And that's why niching down is important. That's why I help my clients niche down. What is that it thing you want to be known for and what is the it result that you're going to give them? We don't need them to be world-class speakers. We don't need them to be super popular on Instagram and mm. also be an author. We right. just need them to be an author, period. Yeah. So it was like once you get really clear on that, you get really clear and specific results for people. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so I, I want to do some like some lightning coaching real quick. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's say for it. instance, I am a barber. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm working with my hands, and um, okay. I was I actually I talked about it on a webinar that you know there's, there's levels of entrepreneurship. First, you got a job, you got this business, and you're like out here hustling. Yeah, then yeah. you you're hustling, but then you charge more for the same hustle, but you're uh -huh. still hustling. But uh -huh. then you want to kind of scale back and make more with your head than your hands, right? right Which right. is scary because. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm not doing what I do great anymore, right? Mm -hmm. But let's just say I'm a barber or, you know, salon owner. Let's, start, let's stay with barber. Okay. Um, but I need to go high ticket. Yep. I can't keep trading my time for dollars. Yeah. What's your advice? Okay. So what is the most successful part of you being a barber? The most successful part about me being a barber is um, I, my, my client retention and mm. the the experience that I give them, not just a good haircut. Mm, okay, so you've built trust in this industry, mm -hmm. and that's why people keep coming back to you. Mm. And so you want to target barbers that are, like, new to this industry, but they're struggling with getting people to come back to them. So, like, mm. that could be your it thing. Mm. Your it thing would be, like, the retention and knowing how to create an experience to get people coming back. But, Maya, I've, I have a very special ability to be a great barber, okay? And I can't necessarily teach them that skill that art right, right? so right. i mean they might be given a good experience in the chair but i mean if they if the line is slanted like how can i <laughs> like where, where do i go from here right so you want to make sure that 
you're working with people that they know what they're doing, right? Because mm -hmm. we want to, we always want to shy away from teaching the art and just stay focused on teaching the skill, like the marketing skill, basically. Mm. So it's like, you can't teach somebody how to be an excellent barber, but if they come to you already as an excellent barber, but they're just struggling with the marketing portion of it, that's where you can come in. Gotcha. So, so I would target the barbers that are really, really good in skill set, but they're still having trouble with retention. Right, exactly. And how, like, okay, okay, so what do I do? Okay, great. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof.
Maya, I, I don't know what your course is, but I'm going to pay it. I'm going to put it on a credit card, okay? I'm going to pay the minimum. The minimum. <laughs> what's the minimum deposit I can pay to work with you? <laughs> what do I got to do? Done. Okay. So the first thing is we figure out what your it thing is because this mm. is how we're going to position you, right? Like mm. you are the retention, retention specialist for high-class barbers or something like that. Mm. We figure out how to brand you. Um, and then we figure out like what your offer is and the different steps that we're gonna take them through. So what I would need to know is like, I wanna know a little bit of your story, like how you started out as a barber, where you struggled before you got really good at retention, and then how you figured out what your it thing was to get people coming back. What is that step-by-step -step framework? Mm -hmm. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, um, what is that step-by-step -step framework so we can make sure we're packaging that and then selling that? Cause what really makes people stand out is having your own signature system, your own signature method. That's really what we're packaging. It's like nobody knows retention like you do. So mm. let's package that up and we're going to sell that. Ooh, how much? How much, man? Mm. Like how much are we going to charge for that? I don't know. So we need to like crunch some numbers. So it's like, you know, what's the average price of a haircut? Um, how much money are people losing out on because they're not getting repeat customers? How much more money are barbers spending in marketing because they have to consistently find new people instead of just getting the same people in? So we need to like kind of figure out what some of those numbers are so we can justify, so to speak, whatever the price is that we're going to charge. You are so good at this. <laughs> Thank Hold you. On. All right, let me, let me start this. Hold on. All right, uh... I'm an IG model, okay? Oh I know I don't look like gosh. it, okay? I'm an IG model, okay? I got 400,000 followers, okay? I'm cute, you feel me? Uh, I, throw, I throw thirst traps out there every now and again. Maya, I need help, okay? Because I got a lot of followers, I'm just not making no money. Okay, what value are you bringing to the table? Look at me, girl. Mm -hmm. Look at me. Mm -hmm. I'm cute. Right, and so how does you being cute do something for me? Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, people like, you know, I could, I don't know, sell products. I got a big following. I don't right, know. Right, right. So now you're kind of like, now we're kind of transitioning from the expert that's selling um, intellectual property, selling their knowledge to now talking about the influencer, which is a little bit different. And the, the value is going to be positioned differently. So your value is having that reach and building a trust um, building trust with your community. So that's not my expertise, and I can give you some feedback on that, but the person you do need to talk to is Maddie James, my sister. She's great at influence, and these brands be paying her a check to just, like, tell a story. And that's really what it is. Y'all better keep the money in the household. We got to keep the money in the household, okay? okay? She it. got the third baby on the way. We got to keep the money in the I family. heard that. I heard that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I will say a little bit about influence is, like, one, knowing how to how to tell a story. Why do people even follow you? You need to know why people are really actually into you and you know keep that up. And then you can position that to brand. So let's say people follow you for more than just a cute face. What is the real reason? Do people follow you because they like that you're a mom? Do people follow you because they like that you go to church? Do people follow you because they like that you lost 50 pounds, right? How can you um, 
take that story and align it to the brand that wants to work with you. So let's say you people follow you because um, you lost weight. So now you're a weight loss influencer or a health influencer, right? Figure out like the industry you really thrive in. And then maybe you want a granola company to pay you $5,000 to, you know, put your granola on their page. So it's like you want to tell the story of how like, you know, having snacks in between workouts is something that's benefited you with your weight mm. loss. So you want people to actually believe that this product is in line with your lifestyle. Gotcha. What is the lowest ticket you sell and what's the highest? The lowest ticket that I sell is 2000 and then the highest that I sell is 5000 So it's nothing I can get you to do for $1,000. If I'm like, my, I got $1,000, what can you do for me? I mean, my thing is, like, if you have $1,000, it's going to probably take you another month to just get that other $1,000. <laughs> just, just come back to me. <laughs> just come back to me. And I the reason it. that I say that is because I could easily just be like, let me take this $1,000. I'll yeah. give you two coaching calls. But I really do want people to get the full package, the full experience. So it's like, why don't you just get exactly what you need and just wait to get the money? Like, what I see a lot of people doing is they'll buy the $27 masterclass here and there or the $100 course, and it's like you're only really getting snippets of what you need. Yeah. The reason that, mm. I, that I price the way that I price and that I offer the things that I offer is because I'm not just giving you snippets of what could possibly sort of work for you. I'm not right. just teaching you how to start up an email list, but then I'm not giving you the marketing behind it. Mm. I'm going to give you the total package of what you can get to run a six-figure business. And so mm. these little investments here and there, you know, I, I, I definitely believe in small beginnings, but I also know that at some point, it's like you're going to have to put all of this stuff together to really get the results you want. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so, and people look at you probably as, you know, somebody that's like really getting it done. But um, what are some things that you struggle with? Mm, some things that I struggle with. Um, I would say the hardest part of entrepreneurship for me is like the constant decision making. Like uh, being yeah. the boss can be so like mentally draining sometimes. I don't know why people want to be a boss. I don't, I don't get either. it either. I'm like, I, I wish somebody could tell me what to do. What? Yo, I was just on the I was on the, uh, my morning call, and I was I was telling them like, yo, I would much rather like somebody else build it, and I just come in and right. I work for you because consultants do make millions. Mm -hmm. Like, they, if you help a company make a hundred million dollars, you mean to tell me they're not going to pay you ten? Right. Like there are right. there are employees that make five ten million dollars mm. per year mm -hmm. for the value that they add. I'm like, yo, bro, right. you build the infrastructure. Let me just do what I love to do. Cool. I would love to work for right. somebody. Sometimes I'm like, I wish I had a brand manager to be like, Maya, post this. Maya, do this. But it's mm -hmm. like. I have to make the decision for every little thing. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I try to alleviate that decision making by hiring, you know, experts um, where they can just be like, like lately I've been thinking about hiring somebody to just run my social media because I'm like, uh, I don't even want to just do yeah. this anymore. I still, I love the interaction. I talk to everybody in my DMs and stuff, but I'm like, just like, you know, posting and doing the caption and all of that and then getting distracted by it. You know, mm -hmm. social media can be very distracting. Oh, so I'm sure. just like, can somebody do this for me? Please? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Do this? So that's one of my struggles. Um, I would say that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Like, I think I'm pretty fortunate that a lot of the strategies I'm familiar with with growing a business, I think what I have learned is that mindset and personal development is one of the most important skills to be able to master to really be successful. Yeah. So anytime I'm struggling in business, it's because I'm dealing with something that's personal and mindset-wise right. that I need to work on. Right, right. Yeah. Dang, that's a realization right there. Because, uh, like, if you're struggling, yo, that was deep. If you're struggling <laughs> with something, 
the problem typically is you're not personally developed enough to mm-hmm. handle it and have it not be a problem. Right. 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 And yeah, I, thinking back when I was maybe 25, 24, working at the Cheesecake Factory, the problems that I thought were big problems mm-hmm. today, it's like, I can't believe I was stressing over that. Exactly. Because you're just more personally developed. Right. 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 Did you have a really good year last year? Uh, 2018? Yeah. I did have a good year last year. 2018 was like a really like, it was a pivot point for me, just really learning about what I wanted to do, what Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do. So in 2018, I like relaunched my agency and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do done for you services again because I took a couple years off of doing it. And I thought like, okay, this is it. I'm going to get 10 clients at $10,000. This is how I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do really well. And then I was like, wow. This ain't it because <laughs> <laughs> this ain't it. But I love that I give myself grace for this trial and error yeah. because it definitely, like, had I not done that, I wouldn't really be where I am right now because yeah. I really thought agency was going to be my it thing. And then once I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Let me, the thing that I was going to do for the agency, now I'm like, let me just package that up and teach it to them in a weekend. And that's where yeah. Impact Weekend was birthed. So, like, Impact Weekend is now, like, my signature thing. I'm really happy with it. But because, like, I failed with the agency, mm-hmm. I was able to see that, okay, teaching them in a live format is going to be better. Gotcha, gotcha. So what did you improve on from last year? Because you had a good year last year mm-hmm. to this year. Like, like, tell me about the two different Mayas. Yeah. So the two different Mayas, I think that the biggest thing from, like, Maya before Maya now is being clear on, on my signature offer offering less things and last year I was pretty like lean with what I offered but like I would say like 2016 2017 it was like you could buy courses you could buy master classes there were so many different things you could buy for me and sometimes that creates confusion for people because it's like I don't know which one that I need I'm not really quite sure and when people are confused they don't take action mm-hmm. so it's like I need you to take action I need you to be clear on how you're gonna give me this money right, so right, 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 I got right. more clear on that and so that's why I thought the agency was gonna be like my it thing but you know, the main thing was just figuring out what gets people the most results. And so I thought the agency would get people the most results because I'm like, I'm controlling your brand now. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up your website. I'm, I'm going to write your emails. But it, there was still just kind of like a disconnect where because I was trying to do so much, the client thought that they could be completely hands off of their business. And mm-hmm. that's not the case. Right, so right. I, I found that happy medium of what do I enjoy doing? What doesn't give me a headache? what gets me paid well, and what gets the client results. Because it's like, those are the two things that are most important. Am I making impact and am I making money? Once those two things like go together perfectly, I'm like, oh, this is the sweet spot. I'm going to wow. keep doing this. So once I realized that Impact Weekend was my it thing, I launched it in September. And so that was like a $24,000 launch. And I'm like, okay, people are going to pay me this $2,000 to come to Atlanta and, and, you know, learn from me. So I increased the price to 2500 And then I had 15 people come. And this was um, the beginning of this year. Gotcha. So figuring out my it thing and then, like, following through and being consistent with mm-hmm. it, I think it's really the follow-through and the consistency. Because sometimes when things start working... I don't know why we just self-sabotage from like, let me tweak it a little bit. That's real. That's real. Let me change it up. And it's like, sis, why would you change up what's already working? So I think it was really just my follow through um, with that, with that signature offer. I love it. I love it. So, so what was the mindset of Maya last year versus Mm. this year, Maya? Like, what was it? Like, how have you grown? Not just your business, but you as a person. Yeah, the mindset. Oh, me as a person. Wow. So, you know, 2018, um, I would say actually 2016 was when I was like, 
Man, I think 2016, I made um, $80,000. And I was just explaining this on a webinar. I made $80,000 in my business. And I knew I should have made $100,000. I should have made $100,000. But my mindset was, what's the point of me making this money if I feel guilty about it and if I'm giving it out to everybody? Were you feeling guilty about it? I was feeling a little bit guilty. And I was feeling a little bit annoyed because... I did not establish healthy boundaries with people in my life, and I was always helping people with their bills, always giving people money. So I'm like, why am I going to make $100,000? Y'all getting 20000 of it. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. So it's like, I didn't want to make it. But then I was feeling guilty that I didn't want to give the money out. Mm. And so what I realized is I don't mind giving money out. I just want to have control of it. It was like everybody was coming to me. So like how I was saying... You know, I love giving money out on Twitter or, like, when I see somebody that's doing well. Like, let me just, you know, put money towards that. I believe in, in, in investing in creatives. But it was like I didn't get to initiate that. So in 2016, I, I just struggled with some boundaries there. 2017, I started developing my mindset more. Read read a book uh, called Boundaries. Um, was just reading about, like, money. and And I was reading about money and success from a place of mindset but tied to, like, uh, Christianity, because I'm like, I need to read something specifically from Christians to justify this, not just something that's like <laughs> spiritual, you know? So, um, you know, I read a book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind, um, and I read another book called The Science of Getting Rich, and, you know, they talked a lot about, like, there's there's not a God in the world that wants you to be broke, period. There's just not. And I already knew that. It was like, I needed another somebody that believed in the word to be able to like validate that for me. So I didn't feel bad about it. So growing in my mindset then, and then 2018 being clear on my vision, I think before in the past I lacked vision. I think it was like, Oh, I want to hit this arbitrary goal of a hundred thousand dollars. But it's like, why? Like, yeah. why do you just want to say you did that? So you can tell the internet you made a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, super cool to make six figures, right. six figures. It sounds so cool. exactly. It's like, what does that even mean? You right. know, and I'm like, then you hit six figures and you're like, this is not enough. It's because not the way this. Taxes yeah. Are set up. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. It's like just having more vision. So I think 2018, I had a vision of like, I want to help a thousand women um, launch their, their businesses and I want to help them specifically help a thousand women. So like even doing that, it was like, I was so much more intentional about everything that I sold and why I sold and the content that I was putting out. So having a clear vision and mission, um, just prompted me to show up more differently. And then also like reading affirmations, like, you know, I was talking to a friend. He was like, if your love language is words of affirmations, you need to be affirming yourself every single day. Yeah. So that was something that I started doing, too. I wrote affirmations and I had it on my wall and I would just look at it every single day. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that has helped me tremendously um, in 2018 and also this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. You were telling me that your your event is um, I guess. Tell, tell us about the event and like the experience, because it was 15 people. Right. Last yeah. the last one. You said you've done it. Three times so far, Yeah, I did right? it four times. Yeah. Four times, and yeah. you maxed it out at 15. Yep. Okay, got you. And yep. now you're going bigger. I'm going First for... off, what gives you the audacity what? to say, I'm going from 15 to 100? I don't know. I got some kind of boldness <laughs> in me, okay? The Holy Spirit is like, sis, you're doing it. So I was like, I'm not doing it. So I think that's a part of my success, too. Like, the audacity. Like, who yeah. does this 18-year-old little black girl... Like, who does she think she is, like, charging people for money for these flyers and for these business cards and for these websites? And I just always had this, like, boldness. What I think it is is, like, I have no shame. I just don't. Like, I'm just so (laughs) shameless. Like, I don't – there's – there's nothing that somebody can do to, like, really embarrass me. So it's, like, I just – 
I think that, you know, naturally sometimes I care what people think, but like in a general sense, I just don't. Like yeah. I really just don't. So I'm like, eh, if I want 100 people and, and 60 people show up, that's $60,000, right, right, right. So, or, you know, even a little bit more. So I think it's just kind of like, just having that like, I just kind of don't really care. Like I just want to <laughs> do what I want to do. And I wish I could pinpoint where that came from, but I just think it's something that's a little bit like, innate you know i can really only give the credit to god like i didn't create myself i don't know why i'm like this it wasn't a skill set a skill set that i developed like let me read this book on boldness and follow this i was gonna ask like like what do you think that like how do you teach that you know what i mean right right that's tough yeah i think i would not be qualified to teach it because it's not something that was a learned skill something Mm -hmm. that was innate but there might be somebody that struggled with confidence and then now they're more confident and they can teach it but I can't, for right, you know, I might be able to think about it on a deeper level, like, was I ever really super scared? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I worked on it and I just, you know, overlooked it. But to me, I just, I look at people as people. That's why I'm not easily embarrassed. Like, another person that bleeds can't embarrass me. Mm-hmm. We both bleeding out here, yeah. you know? So, um, but yeah, so I, I'm taking it from 15 people to 100 and I'm excited about it. So I started, started it out, you know. Um, inviting 15 women to come to Atlanta and we'll do the training in an Airbnb. They didn't stay at the Airbnb, but that's just where I did the training. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did it at 15 people was one, I just wanted to test, like, can I get people to pay me $2,000 for a weekend? And one of my mindset things for that was before I did my first um, sales call for impact weekend, I told myself, I'm the type of coach that people will pay $2,000 for a weekend for That was Mm. my affirmation during the sales process. And, you know, I was, I was a little bit nervous because I'm like, I haven't sold $2,000 for this type of offer. I've made $2,000 for offers, but again, it was done for you. So I was like, okay, what do I need to tell myself to feel confident going into the sales call? Because if you feel nervous on a sales call, somebody's going to feel nervous too. I'm going to, if if somebody feels nervous to take my $2,000, I'm going to feel nervous to give up my $2,000. So that's why I had to affirm myself. So first I just wanted to test, you know, I wanted to validate like, Will people pay me for this? And then can I get people results? Again, that's yeah. important. Can I make the money? And can I can the impact match the investment that people sure. are making? So I did it once. I'm like, okay, great. Refined it a little bit. Did it again at 2,500. Did it three more times this year. And I'm like, mm. people are really getting results. This is kind of dope. I so I'm it. like, let me expand this because I did it. You know, it was invite only. The only way that you could come to Impact Weekend um, and work with me for that weekend was you had to apply to work with me, and that's another reason that I was doing the calls, making sure that they were qualified. But I think I had mastered the sales and mastered, you know, um, pruning the right people and the messaging to make sure I was attracting the right people enough to say, let me do it on a larger scale so I can help more people instead of having people on a constant wait list. And I know the messaging enough on my sales page to make sure the 100 people that do show up are a good fit. Mm, so I'm excited it. about it. I'm, I'm excited to help more people. I love it. I love it. So wh- where do you think the ball is going? We talked about it because it's becoming increasingly harder to sell courses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you, okay, I, I shoot a bunch of modules. Now I'm selling it. And, right. and I, I, I don't think it's, you know, saturated or, like, people don't buy courses because obviously yeah. it's working. But yeah. Where do you think it's going? Where that industry is going? Right. I think people are just looking for more interaction. I think because, like, the information space is saturated with information. And what I think people are looking for is true transformation. And so it's like, we all know that we can go Google how to start a business. We can go Google how to do whatever. But it's like having a little bit of that guidance and that, like, go-to and how to do it, I think 
if it's not going to be live events in person, it needs to be something that is like a virtual connection where there's like a coaching element into it or something like that. I think people are just missing out on connecting with people. And so they're like, if I cannot come to your city and sit down with you and meet you, I at least need you to be live on a coaching call, like the pre-recorded stuff. Um, I think it's it's good information. I, I think that you can still sell really well. But again, it's not always about can you sell well. Mm. It's about once you sell, are they getting results? You know, what's the intended result that you have as, as the entrepreneur, right? Mm. Like, I have to know that, one, I can sell. But two, are they getting the results? Are they getting the intended results that I wanted when I said I'm going to design a course? Mm. So I think it's like, how can we create that? Um, personalization, how can we create that support that people are really looking for? Gotcha, okay. I got a couple, two more questions. One, if you were broke, okay, <laughs> you were super broke, you had $100 to your name, uh-huh. what business would you start? What industry would you get into? Mm. Anything done for you. Hmm. Anything done for you. So don't try to start a digital business uh, on $100. Don't try to sell courses on $100 um, because that takes time. It takes a lot of you need to know how to sell really well and market really well. It's easy to sell done for you because yeah. it's like, I'm literally doing it for right, you. There's right, right. no question about what the result is because it's like, I'm doing this thing for right. you. So if you can learn photography, if you can learn web design, you can learn shooting video, learn editing video, anything where people don't want to do it or they mm-hmm. don't have the skill set to do it that you could quickly learn and you have just even a decent skill set mm-hmm. in it, you don't even have to be the best. I tell people you don't have to be the best. Just know how to do it and just charge people money for it. So any done-for-you industry that you feel pretty comfortable in or feel comfortable knowing that you can learn the skill set, that's where you should start. Gotcha. What if I got 2500 What would you do? 2500 First off, you call my... Okay. <laughs> Bring that over here to me and I got you. Bring that here to me. But no, if you have 2500 then you have you have a little bit more wiggle room to decide what you want to do starting out. Um, I think the less money, then the less flexibility that you have to say what you want until you can bring in more money. But 2500 then I would say, what is it that you that you actually want to do? Then we could start talking about what are your options? Mm-hmm. You know, the ball's in your court a little bit because you have money. So mm-hmm. it's like, do you want to do a done-for-you offer? Do you want to sell a coaching program? Do you want to do a live event? I wouldn't suggest a live event with $2,500. Um, mm-hmm. Live events, they're really expensive. And unless you're doing a live event where you can have sponsors pay for you, or you're doing a live event as a sales event where you intend on upselling them to something after, live events are generally not profitable, and a lot of people don't know how to make live events profitable. So unless you're just doing a live event to be popular, then I would not suggest doing it. Right. So I I did one last year, and I I think I made, like, it was somewhere between, like, five and Mm -hmm. $8,000, but I spent six months, like, trying to build it. But I am super proud because... I did do it to uh, to put people in the room and to be able to build that credibility. Right. And this year, we're doing the Social Proof Conference at the Atlanta Convention Center. So it's like 55,000 square feet. Did you go to A3C? Wow. No. You didn't I didn't go? Know I wasn't so that, that particular the that particular place, like the um, Atlanta Convention Center, mm-hmm. fourth floor, that's where we're doing it. And it's nice. such a bigger big scary level actually yes. dr eric thomas et he's gonna headline first off yes. my are you i'm like what is are this? you come april 2nd and 3rd april 2nd and 3rd 
Okay, so what am I speaking on? I don't know yet, but I just want, <laughs> I need the confirmation that you're going to come speak. And yeah. uh, E.T. took my whole budget, so I ain't really got no money to pay. But, right. well, but, at least it's in Atlanta. So yeah, it's in Atlanta. Me nowhere, so. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. You going to come speak? I'm going to come speak. Y'all going to see my, listen, y'all going to see my, <laughs> and there. I want you to refer to this, this uh, interview and say, yo, I saw your interview, take notes, and work with her. Okay, so y'all gonna work with her so that she says it'd be cool. I came for free because I got more clients. That would be cool, right? Okay, okay, yeah, good, good, good. All right, so how can um, how can they get in touch with you in terms of like your um, your conference? Okay, yep. So um, if you want to learn more about Impact Weekend, you can go to builttoimpact.com. And if you have any questions, to number two or T O T O T O. Okay, T O because. Um, for real out here. <laughs> y'all still using the number. Y'all in my space days, right? Using the number three as an E. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right, I'm at to change sleepers for suckers to F-O-R because she just cooked me publicly. Okay. <laughs> we might Woo. have to rebrand you a little okay. bit. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so built to impact. Built to impact. You can find out everything about Impact Weekend there. And um, if you want to just connect with me, the best place to do that is Instagram at Maya Elias, M-A-Y-A-E-L-I-O-U-S. It's, it's not, not Maya Elias. I'm Maya Elias. So I, I got one more question to ask everybody. Um, I, I, I want to make a prediction, right? So uh, I, I want you to tell us where you feel like you're going to be at in the next five to ten years Ooh. so that we can look at this in 2024 or 2029 and say, yeah. wow, Maya said it on camera. Right. She actually did it. So yes. talk to me. Give me, give me your, your Maya Elias oh, yeah. predictions. Okay. In five years, I'll be a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. I will, Impact Weekend will be something that's really huge. If I enjoyed, if I realized that I enjoyed doing it on a larger scale, it'll be one of like the most popular experiences for women of faith to learn business. Um, and I will have one of the most elite coaching programs for entrepreneurs who want to launch a signature offer. So I see that within five years. In 10 years, I will have racked up so much money that I won't even be on the internet. You can't even find me on Instagram. Yeah, I'm just I, living my life with my family. Oh my gosh. Really, I'm just in hustle mode. Like, yeah. let, me, let me help y'all now within these next five years make millions and I'm out of here. I'm going to put that into investing real estate. Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> having these babies, raising them. Once I get that bag, I'm not going to have a cell phone. I'm right. going house phone. Yeah. Like, just like the old days. Like, or a pager mean. or something. Right. Like, just where my wife can hit me like, okay, but put right. the little number in. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Exactly. All right, cool, cool. Well, uh, Maya, thank you so much because um, I learned a whole lot good, in this process. Good. Yeah, really. Like, you are, you, you are a forward thinker, and I can tell your heart, you obviously want to make money, but your heart is really four people mm-hmm. and um, I guess we we understand that doing it for free like we really hurt people more than helping them absolutely right? yeah so I'm yeah. glad you're doing what you're doing so uh, any last words close us out with some words of wisdom oh, give us gosh. something deep okay, so and make it deep wasn't too enough for y'all. Wow. <laughs> I needed to words be deep put me on the spot <laughs> mm, words of wisdom my words of wisdom is just get started a lot of people have a fear of I don't know where to start I don't know where to start Take the time to evaluate what you know now. What can you start with with where you are? And what do you need to know so you can get started? Because not knowing where to start is not an excuse to not start. Figure out what Mm. you know now and take action. That was deep. Good. 
I'm not knowing where to start. It's not an excuse to. That was deep. All right. Yo, make sure y'all follow Maya and you will see her April 2nd and 3rd at the Real Social Proof Conference. All right. We out there. Yo, this is your boy, Donald the Boys. Donald the Boys. And that's right. If you're listening, then you know a little bit of my swag, my production. I'm a voiceover artist, podcast producer, and also a little bit of a creative. And I want to offer you a special offer for this podcast listenership. That's right. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you need any kind of commercials, promos, or advertisements, then I'll be sure to hook you up. With prices starting as low as $50 for a fully produced commercial, I'm willing to give you the best value that you can get anywhere. So once again, head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And I look forward to talking to you. Yeah. <laughs>